we'll move to chapter 5, and we'll spend a couple of weeks looking at 5, verses 1 through 11. But let me just point out that, Lord willing, next Wednesday night, I'm going to interact with the youth group, and Doug Strange is going to teach in my stead after sharing time. That'll be April 22nd. The week after that is Wow Wednesday. And so we'll have a dinner and then we'll have a program about missions focusing on Puebla, Mexico. And if you feel you might be led to go with us to Puebla, August 1 through 6, it's not too late. In fact, uh, we're really wanting to recruit through the end of this month, uh, climax with that Wow Wednesday event, and then we'll go from there and start getting tickets, etc. And so, Lord willing, it looks like it'll be May 6th, be three weeks from tonight before we get to resume our study of First Thessalonians. But as you know, we've been looking at the prophetic portion of this book, the first part of the prophetic portion of the book, which is chapter 4, 13 through 18, which is one of the two major passages in the New Testament on the, the rapture event. We're defining the rapture as the imminent appearing of Christ in in the air to resurrect church-age believers, living and dead. Resurrection is not consciousness after death. It's the reunion of your consciousness, your soul, with your body supernaturally transformed into a body like the one Christ had at his resurrection. And the resur- uh, excuse me, the rapture will include the generation of believers who are alive on earth when Christ comes back and will be resurrected in place. You just get a resurrection body in place and as our passage says, we'll meet the Lord in the air. And that's the first part of the prophetic part of First Thess. As I say, we'll move soon to chapter 5, which talks about, anticipates the tribulation and talks about how church-age Christians should think about the tribulation. Okay, Let me remind you that this Saturday is the April men and boys breakfast. It's, it's it's been kind of a moving target, and I apologize for that. I think anybody with any brains would just say it's going to be the first Saturday, the last Saturday, the third Saturday, the second Saturday. But I thought, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to start at 9, end at 9.58, and I'm going to look and get my crystal ball out every month and decide which Saturday has the fewest conflicts. And so far, I haven't guessed very well, but uh, I'm going to keep trying there. So don't don't let the fact it moves around cause you to forget about it, because we do tell you about it and remind you, and I'll send you an email and all kinds of stuff like that. Let's read this passage one more time. I'll read it with a little commentary, and then we've got a surprise for you. I'm talking about 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, fellow believers, Savannah as much as Andrew, not just male believers, brethren is used generically for men and women believers. Don't want you to be unaware, uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. Believers, church-age believers who have died before the rapture event. They're not going to miss it, nor be delayed in getting their resurrection. In fact, they're going to be resurrected first on that blessed occasion. So that you may not grieve, or will not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe, and there he's not affirming faith, he's affirming that our faith tells us since we know through faith, that this just flat happened, that Jesus died on Friday, but he was resurrected on Sunday. For since we believe, because it's true that Jesus died, and after that was resurrected, what's resurrection? 
the reunion of your soul and your spirit with the elements of your body supernaturally transformed. That's what resurrection is, not just consciousness after death. Today you'll be with me in paradise. That's on Good Friday. His consciousness leaves the body, goes to paradise. The resurrection takes place three days later. Since we know that Jesus died and after that rose again, was resurrected, even so, God will bring with him Christ when he's coming to take us back to the prepared places he talked about in John 14, those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Church age believers who have died, absent from the body, face to face with the Lord, not resurrected until this event, their souls will come back with the Lord. And then he says, this is just flat, the word of the Lord to you, that we who are alive when the rapture happens and remain on the earth until this parousia coming of the Lord will not proceed in getting our resurrection bodies and being resurrected those believers who've fallen asleep prior to the rapture event. For the Here's the timeline. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, trump of God, and the dead in Christ. Church-age believers who have died, their souls have gone to be with the Lord, are going to come back with the Lord, and they'll be resurrected first. Look at their eternal resurrection body first on the day of the, resu- of the rapture, and then, right after that, it'll be probably a nanosecond, but there will be a sequence. Christ comes back with the souls of believers. They get resurrected. Then we who are alive on earth and remain will be caught up. That word caught up is where we get the term rapture. Together with them in, uh, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is happening in the air. This is up and away. Don't panic. Keep believing in God. Keep believing in me. My Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it weren't so, I would have told you. And I'm going to go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. That's John 14. That's the rapture. The rapture is up and away. The second advent is down and stay. We've emphasized that the rapture is a distinct event. In the same way the Old Testament prophets talked about two comings of Christ, the New Testament prophets tell us about two aspects of the end of time, the rapture and the second advent, right? And then notice he says, uh, we'll meet them, the Lord and the previously departed church-age believers now in their resurrection bodies. We'll meet them in our resurrection bodies if we're the generation alive when it happens. And so we shall always be at the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, now, we got a surprise for you. I hold in my hand, this was in Funkin' Wagnall's porch, it's noon today. This is a $10 gift card to Brahms. This is a $5 gift card to Brahms. You're about to take a test. It's a 10-question test with a tiebreaker at the very top. Don't miss that. Now, don't look at it, because we're going to give each and every one of you, three minutes to answer 10 questions. That's 18 seconds a question. That's plenty of time. It's open book. It's open note. You can't cheat. But the one thing I don't want you to do is go on your phone or the Internet and find out how many words there are in First Thessalonians. That's the tiebreaker. I want you to just guess on that. But on the first 10 questions... Yeah. No, I just want you to guess. I want it to be kind of a guess so we can break a tie. Because I, yeah, it's, it's like that. 
<laughs> that that messes up the uh, that messes up the engineers because you guys measure the size of the the cubic, you know, space of the jelly beans and divide it into whatever, and you figure it out. Okay, don't look yet. Now, uh, we didn't pass out pens, although I mean we got some pens. I I just want you to work through it and decide what you think the answers are. We'll just uh, we'll grade it in a minute. It's going to be totally on the honor system, but if you want. We got pens if you prefer that. Okay, anybody need a pen? Want a pen? So is it? Hey, Doug, you're not supposed to start yet. You got a five-second penalty. No, no, no. We're not ready yet. Okay. Everybody got a pen if they want one. Everybody good to go? Let me get my let me get my clock here. Not yet. I will. I will tell you. Okay. Now. Just you give yourself a five-second penalty. Okay. okay. Then you're, you're good. He's going to get all ten right anyway. I didn't know the answer. <laughs> okay, go. Okay, we're done. Um, I'm going to let you grade your own paper, except, Doug, I'm going to grade yours. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, let's grade this. The term rapture is directly related to the Latin translation of the Bible the Vulgate, because the word that uh, in English uh, you see in verse 17, the verb there will be caught up. When they translated the Greek into Latin, they used the Latin verb rapturo for being caught up. So the event of believers being resurrected and caught up or rapturoed and meeting Christ in the air, that's where we get the term rapture. Circle the two most important New Testament Rapture passages. Well, the first one is pretty obvious, right? We spent the last, what, several weeks in First Thessalonians, wherever it is, yeah, 4, 13 through 18, and then also First Corinthians 15. And you know what? I'm going to have to throw the question out because what I meant to type was F, First Corinthians 15, 51 through 58. Did anybody circle that anyway, I hope? Yeah, I'm going to throw that out. Even if you got it wrong, technically, that's not correct. It should be 51, not 41. So um, that question counts two points because I wanted you to circle B and F. But uh, if you circle B, you get one point. If you circle B, you get, if you didn't circle B at all, then you only get one point for question two and three. Everybody gets one point because I got the First Corinthians 15 wrong. If you did circle B, no matter. I'm looking for D and F, but if you looked at F and rejected it because you know it's supposed to be 51, not 41, <laughs> then I'm going to give you full credit. You're, yeah, thank you for correcting. Whatever, just give yourself two points for that. Let's move on. Uh, I can't do this at Cameron. I'm just telling you. Ultimately, the rapture is all about, I said resurrection. It's about resurrection. Does it relate to sanctification? Yeah. Does it relate to propitiation? Yeah. But it's all about resurrection. And really, I told you you could look at your notes. And the first bullet point there on the handout is, it's really ultimately all about resurrection. First Corinthians 15 and First Thess really emphasize that. So I think that's really important to see. Number five, in what passage does the Lord Jesus refer to the rapture? What do you say, Daryl? Uh, no, no, that's the Great Commission. I'm wanting, I'm wanting John 14. Don't panic. 
Keep on believing in God the Father. Keep on believing in me. My Father has many dwelling places. Yeah. Um, and he says, hey, I'll be with you till the end of the age. Hmm. That's what you were referring to. I see that. If you put D and meant that, I'll give it to you. Don't, don't tell them I do this here at Cameron. They'll fire me. Uh, I, yeah, I see that. But uh, we didn't really emphasize that. Uh, he's been reading on his own, which is good. The rapture is referred to in what chapter of the book of Revelation? Well, let's look at this chart we've been looking at. I see the control room up there. A door open in heaven, and John, who's on earth, is, is taken up into heaven. So I've, I've been saying it's uh, all about... can't get my thing calibrated here. It's all about chapter 4. Chapter 22 is uh, not the answer. 20, 21 22 talks about the eternal state uh, about 1,007 years after the rapture. The rapture happens as part of the sequence to get you to Revelation 21, but it's not. Re- Revelation 21 is not talking about the, the rapture. It's Revelation 4. That's the chapter that does that. Uh, an older term for the rapture, now you would have had to have been here the first week we started this focus because I mentioned it in passing early on, and the, what, is, what do you do when you translate something from Spanish into English? You're changing it. You're changing this letter from one language to another language. You're changing it, right? What's the rapture about? It's about resurrection. It's about Andrew getting his physical body changed into a resurrection body. So for years, for generations, this was called the translation of the church, the translation of the New Testament church, the translation of New Testament believers, and I mentioned that passing, but I think the term rapture is the one that's more commonly used now, and you know it goes back to the Vulgate, right? But it certainly, really from the uh, process of elimination, you could have figured that out probably because it's not the second advent, not in my opinion. It's not the tribulation. It's not. It's the start of something big, but it's, uh, the best answer would be A. What rapture passage directly affirms the deity of Christ? The last two weeks we talked about that. Anybody get it? Yeah, Titus. We're looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of our great God and Savior. And the Greek grammar says great God and Savior refer to the same person, Jesus Christ. That's a real strong affirmation of the deity of Christ. Where do New Testament believers meet Christ when the rapture takes place? On the Mount of Olives? In, in the air. In the air. Yeah. The rapture is an imminent event, which means... Did anybody put A? You're going to have to stay after school if you do that. could take place at any moment. It's impending. It's overhanging. Imminency is about something that could happen at any moment. Okay? So, uh, Adam, up. Anybody make a perfect score? I just wasn't a very good teacher. What can I say? Um, you know, Cameron, I, I, grade, I hand grade all my tests on purpose. So I want to see what people are missing. And uh, if everybody in class misses a particular question, it's probably because instead of putting 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 58, put 41, and I can see why they missed it, so I just throw it out. So I don't remember any of my teachers doing that, but I think that's only fair. So if all of you missed the same question, I'll just take two weeks. I'll just dock two weeks of pay, and uh, you know, we can just put it uh, to the Pueblo mission trip or something. Uh, so anybody can make 9 out of 10. Debbie, Dale, Eric. Yeah, well, we, I think we established nobody made 10th. Am I right? 
No, no, that's okay. That's okay. All the fudge factors are there because that's my fault. So we have three with nine. Anybody else with nine? And nobody with ten. That hasn't changed yet. Okay, now, uh, that's why we have a tiebreaker. So we have three that have tied. But to decide who comes first, whoever is closest to 1,481. That's how many words there are in First Thessalonians. In the Greek text, the, what Paul wrote. So what do you say? 1,100. 1,100, that's pretty close. It's within, what, 381. Anybody closer than 381 away from that number? What did you say, Debbie? 578? Okay, Dave, what would you say? Oh, okay. So uh, you're only you're about a thousand away, Debbie. More like okay. So, well, you you tie, you had the yeah. It's like it's kind of like uh, Arnold Palmer only won the U.S. Open once, but he lost three eighteen-hole playoffs the U.S. Open, which means four different times he shot the seventy-two-hole winning score. But the next day lost a playoff. So I always felt like they should put an asterisk by his name on the major championship. So, Dale, you're kind of like that. You've got an asterisk by your name. But uh, there's yours. Uh, don't spend it all in one place. There's that. Okay. So uh, let's, end, let's, end, uh, let's end with this. Is the rapture event really relevant today uh, since it might not happen in our lifetimes. And, of course, what am I going to say as a preacher? Of course, I'm going to say it is relevant. But I tell you what, uh, Michael or Amanda, the one, uh, look up First uh, Thess 4.18, the last verse in the first major passage. And Sharon, look up First Corinthians 15.58, the last verse in the second major passage. And the rest of us turn to First John 3. And of course, I'm going to say it is practical. I think Bible prophecy, fulfilled Bible prophecy, just validates our faith in the inspired word. And unfulfilled prophecy fills in our worldview. We, we understand that God is in control. And he's got certain endpoints he's going to get the world to, whether it looks like it or not, whether the UN likes it or not, doesn't matter. So, uh, uh, who's got it, Michael? Yeah, read First uh, Thessalonians four eighteen. This is how Paul uh, expresses part of the relevance of the rapture event. Yeah, four eighteen. You're not Aunt Sue's not going to miss the rapture. She's not going to miss her resurrection body, even though we went to her funeral two weeks from now. We are going to be reunited with all the departed loved ones who are in the Lord uh, with resurrection bodies, and they're not going to miss the rapture event. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.58. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what Jesus says. You know, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Keep believing in me. My Father has many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. If this is just about the now, they're picking us off one by one. We're not getting anything here. He's saying there's, there's so much more to look forward to. 1 Corinthians 15, the rapture event, emphasizing the resurrection part. Hey, we're going to get resurrection bodies. The older I get, the more I look forward to my resurrection body, and we're going to get this thing and have it forever. And as I remember telling Bob many times, and we're almost done, if in fact there's going to be a literal 1,000-year kingdom, uh, and many Christians do not believe that, but if that's in fact what's going to happen, and that's my conviction, that means we're going to get raptured here, 
We're going to watch the tribulation from heaven. We're going to be part of the army that comes down with Christ at the second advent. And we're going to have resurrection bodies for the whole thousand years in the present universe, which means you want to go to the Great Barrier Reef without scuba gear? On your days off, you can do that. You want to go on the backside of Alpha Centauri and see what it looks like from there? You're going to be able to do that. Is that exciting? You're going to have a resurrection body, not limited by time and space. You're not going to need a space suit. And you'll be able to, we'll walk on the moon. We'll play golf on Mars. We'll play baseball on Mars. And that kind of stuff. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. And then we go to the, a perfect universe. And that's where the plan ends up. My finger is radioactive, so it doesn't work there. But uh, yeah, we get to the new heaven, new earth, a whole new universe, so much better than the present one. You can't even describe it in present terminology. And we're going to have all eternity. We're not going to just be sitting on a cloud playing a harp. So the rapture is a mystery. It's something unrevealed in the Old Testament. It's new in that sense. We can't know the day or the hour when it will take place, but we can know quite a bit about it, and we've surveyed some of that the last four or five weeks, more than enough to comfort, excite, and convict us as we anticipate it and seeing him. And then the first John passage, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on uh, Julie Demerson or Kay Massey or Brad McCoy, that we should be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world doesn't know us, doesn't know him. Beloved, now we are. We're right now. We're children of God. And it's not yet appeared uh, as what we will be. But we know this. When he appears at the rapture event, we're going to be like him. We're going to get a resurrection body like he's got. We're going to see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on Christ and, and seeing him and wanting to be pleasing to him in the way we've conducted our Christian experience purifies him or herself just as he is pure. So uh, if you'd like to read ahead, read 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. I think it's a passage a lot of people don't seem that familiar with. I think you'll see a lot of cool stuff in there. We'll try to explain it in a couple of weeks as we uh, continue our study of 1 Thessalonians. Okay. So, Daryl, would you uh, dismiss us and just ask God's blessing on the rest of the week?